So, oh, it's time for another episode of Epic Turn. Oh man, what's that? This it's it's a podcast where you know we talk about things we love, hate, mm. mostly love about you know the hobby game industry and you know random things that are connected to the hobby game industry. Hmm. Seems boring. What? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this week I, I kind of, you know, I was trying to think of a good topic this week. And then I just decided that I was going to do a hodgepodge of stuff. Like I wanted to make it a completely random episode because I started working on the next college of gaming, like actually fleshing it out and realize there's no way to have it prepared for today. Hmm. Because obviously I did not send you the notes for you to have talking points. <laughs> no, no, you did not. Guess what I'm doing right now? Uh, opening a Google doc. No. Uh, having some tea. Mm, yes. But um, okay. something else. I don't know. What are you doing? I just backed the holiday break expansion. About time. Yes. So, you know, uh, again, we mentioned it last week, but it was the uh, Miskatonic School for Girls new expansion. Yeah, it's awesome. And since I didn't have the original game, I got it too. Ah, so you did the, like, was it the $60 tier or whatever? So you get the original? Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. So good. Oh, don't forget, you're going to need about 200 sleeves. So, you know, a case of dragon shields. Mm. <laughs> Ooh, I can put Flame War in as an add-on. You should. That's also worth, you know, the $10. It's 19 but yeah. Whatever. <laughs> it's worth the money. <laughs> I do not know what you're talking about. Uh, okay. Yes. Flame War, a wonderful, wonderful uh, card game about being internet trolls. There you go. That sums it up and is perfect for people like us who have a sick sense of humor about forums. Oh, anyway, so like I said, I, I kind of like have a hodgepodge of stuff to talk about. Um, I do have kind of a main topic, but uh, I'm just going to roll with it and see where it goes. So I guess I'm going to start with follow up or not, not really follow up, but um, I'm going to call it the epic turn Kickstarter hour. I don't want to have a, we don't need a Kickstarter hour. <laughs> We could. We that, really could. <laughs> and that would be really boring. All right. So I back this project and, and this project and I uh, back this one too. Mm-hmm. No, but. Uh, well, there, there is one other piece of uh, kind of a Kickstarter follow up. Okay. Which which piece? Uh, you know, we we, uh, we had a, a former guest of the show ship his project a month early. Oh, yeah. I think you're talking about. Caporia? Yeah, yeah. Our friend Mark Plemons. Yes, that was. Mm-hmm. Yes, he finally shipped the hardbacks. Well, I shouldn't say finally. He actually shipped them out ahead of his estimation. Mm-hmm. The hardbacks. So they're going to be here. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be here, you know, by next week. So I have something to read on the plane. Where, where are you going? I'm going to Chicago. i got to go to a conference. That sounds, that's, that also sounds boring. No, it's not because I'm going to have pizza. Okay. Do you have a do you have a lunch date with Harry Dresden? I do. I cannot wait to like see the zombie tyrannosaurus running through, yeah. you know, Chicago. Hey, if I don't get pictures, I, I'm going to be very disappointed. Oh, I'm, I'm going to get you a picture. I also got to find Alistair's bar. You know, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, um, so no, I, I like I got a couple of pieces for the Kickstarter. I just want to talk about a couple of things that um, I have decided to randomly back just because I think it's awesome. Plus, it actually is something we talked about last week. So it's like I said, it's kind of follow up, but not really. Uh, there is actually now an officially licensed Dominion card case that's being released. Hmm. Uh, the guy is only selling uh, 495 of them, but they fit every single Dominion expansion fully sleeved. Mm-mm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's huge. It looks like, um, it looks like, you know, like uh, instruments, like some things like bassoons, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those very large rectangular carrying cases. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Holy crap. Yeah. $135. <laughs> I want one. <laughs> there is one pledge level. Yep, and it gets you everything. And then below, they show you a picture of all the wonderful cards. 
and how you divide it out and how it fits perfectly. <laughs> well, I have to ask though, are they still making Dominion expansions? Uh, I think Dark Age was the last one, but you know, again, I'm unsure. Um, because if they make like one more, then that is a waste. It is a huge waste. But this guy take, looks like he's carrying a, like a small guitar case. It is. That's what it is. <laughs> and I want it. <laughs> he even includes like you know um, labels, so you can just put it in. And say here's where everything goes. Wow. Yeah. So it looks like by you know q1 of next year you could get it so please you know hopefully dominion doesn't announce a new expansion or you just spent 135 dollars to carry everything but one i would like to think that if it's if it's officially licensed right that they would have given him a heads up if they were planning on putting out more i would hope i really would but yeah so that's that's one thing um the other thing i backed uh well, I have it on my star projects, meaning, you know, two days before I'm going to either decide to throw a ton of money at it or just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But Prodigy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Prodigy is for. Um, OK, so the best way to describe it is uh, for all listeners and uh, well, you, Brian, uh, the Skylander stuff and the Disney Infinity stuff. Mm-hmm. This is it but for adults in a sense, because it's more like uh, fantasy RPG playing with cards kind of deal. And it has its own little board and everything. It's, it's neat. It's a miniature game that you can play online. So I'm all for it. But then again, I I like miniatures. So Hmm. it's interesting. Uh, It won a lot of packs awards um, for, you know, innovative gameplay. I see. And a couple of my friends who were at PAX said it was just very well done in terms of the demo and getting to see everything. So it looks interesting. So, you know, you know, a little bit away from the the analog gaming more towards mm-hmm. digital. But well, that's no, pretty cool because, you know, the fig- it says the figurines, cards and the symbol of power contain NFC tags that are instantly recognized by the board. So you just place everything down on the board and it detects what it is. It's awesome. I love it. That's pretty neat. <laughs> but it looks like it's an eighty dollar entry fee. Can't put a price tag on fun, Brian. Uh sure. Um, <laughs> you can't. Yeah, I do all the time. Yeah, I know we all do. But yeah, but those are my two pieces of semi follow up, and what I'm what I called the Kickstarter happy hour. Um, Our five minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so which pack are you backing for the uh, Prodigy? For Prodigy, I don't know yet. <laughs> I think you need to go for at least the uh, seventeen founder pack. The this no. <laughs> oh, you're right. It's a power pack or bust. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the ten k is the only way I can do it. I just have to two full companies plus additional figures plus alpha plus beta plus deluxe plus collectors. <gasps> Plus symbol power, plus own character, plus game to be the team. It's the only way. But anyway, so uh, now I do have a, a new announcement that's kind of cool. What's that? Uh, we got a press release from a game designer mm-hmm. about his new Kickstarter launching on April 23rd. Yeah, you forwarded that to me. I haven't looked at it yet. Oh, well, then I will just talk for a minute and uh, you'll, you'll catch up. So Keith Matthews reached out to me. Uh, sent me over a press release for his new product, a genre-neutral RPG system called Simple System. Go figure. Um, it's a very, it's lean, like, it's kind of like in the sense, it's it's a lot leaner and a little bit more simple than something like Savage Worlds, but it's in that same vein where you can just pick it up and go. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's going to use uh, car flipping for resolution instead of dice, which I found a little... I don't know how I feel about that. It, I mean, for me, an RPG is always about dice, right? Like when I sit down, and I'm like, okay, let's let's roll let's let's roll some dice. You know, you know what I'm referring to, unless we're playing craps. I mean, Kingsburg. Um, mm-hmm. Traditionally, your RPGs are more dice based. Yeah. So this new mechanic for figuring out if you succeed or fail. Uh, I, I mean, his whole point is to. 
uh, I guess, speed up resolution instead of uh, bogging it down, especially for like something with combat. You know, it's like, oh, I swing the, I swing my sword once, twice, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Um, it's a cut. It's a cut down on that, so you're not rolling so many dice, and you can just say, "Did I hit? Did I fail?" And so. well, well, he says that he's going for uh, plat, like you know, like agnostic plat, uh, setting. Mm-hmm. It looks like he actually is going to be having setting packs where you have like here's the fantasy pack and right. the mystery pack and the sci-fi pack are the three that I see here on the on the page. Yeah, for stretch goals. Yeah, was that stretch goals or was it just included? Uh, I believe it's stretch goals. I don't know. I mean, so it looks pretty neat. Uh, I'm not sold. Um, mm-hmm. I think it could be pretty cool as an accessible system to get, you know, new people in or kids and stuff like that. And that's, you know, that always has a good place. Yeah. I I, I definitely think anything that can help kids get into RPGs is a good thing. Yeah, so we, have find- to, we have to brainwash them when they're early. Well, I wouldn't call it brainwashing. Are you sure? Yeah, pretty sure. I don't know about that. Here, I need you to watch this video and listen for this certain sound effect. Okay. There we go. Uh, I suddenly now, I suddenly want a Coca-Cola. Do you? I thought it oh man, wrong wrong video. Wrong okay, video. Okay. Um but no, I mean it it seems pretty interesting. Um I guess if I was running it's kind of like Savage Worlds. Like Savage Worlds is also a very it can be a very in-depth system because you have things like Deadlands that are built on top of it or uh Solomon Kane. Um Plus, they have their own like fantasy superhero sci-fi packs. So, I mean, they already have that kind of stuff. Um, I can see this being like if I want to like throw if I'm throwing together like my own like world, this might be fun to kind of just get through really quickly. Or it could be a way of getting people who are not really into rules heavy systems because, you know, there are there are people that just hate rules. I'm not pointing fingers, I promise. I have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. No, I mean, it, it, it seems like it seems like it's pretty simple. But the, the thing that kind of shows why it's so simple is he did looks like he built it from the ground up with uh, virtual tabletops in mind. So things like uh, Roll20, uh, Roll20 uh, Fantasy Grounds, et cetera, et cetera. So, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe that's also why it's not, rub, you know, it's kind of rubbing you the wrong way in a sense or not rubbing you the wrong way. I don't way, know but. if I'd say it's rubbing the wrong way. I mean, just the whole thing, you know, it looks a little artsy cutesy in kind of way. And I actually mm-hmm. like like the item cards. I think those look pretty cool. But the resolution cards seem I don't, I'm I, like I just looking at them. I'm not sure what they mean. Mm-hmm. And well, I haven't admittedly, I have not had time to sit and watch the videos and stuff like this. And this is all just very much first impression. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Well, I'm bringing it up because I think maybe later topic will probably be this in a sense, but I just wanted to kind of get your initial opinion kind of deal. You know, it looks, I, I, I like the idea of getting like as much as I don't like the idea of getting away from dice. I do like a card mechanic because uh, civilization does that instead of dice resolution, they use card resolution. And I can say from that by itself, we were you could get through a lot of combat really quickly yeah no i mean it does look like it would resolve quickly and cleanly um i don't know i'm gonna have to sit and watch some videos on it but this this brings an interesting question to my mind oh good that's what i was hoping for so you know how important (laughs) is a the trappings of a setting to a role-playing system hmm so you're saying, so how important is the setting? Well, I can say from my, you know, one thing that if I really like a rule set for a setting, like for an RPG system, I could give two craps about the setting at that point. That's okay. my own personal opinion. Um, like, for example, uh, I've taken the WOD system, which I know they there are supplements for this. So listeners, please, I understand this. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there now before we get angry tweets <laughs> or emails. Um, I, I actually like taking the WOD system and porting it over to more of a fantasy world. And it has nothing to do with the system. Uh, I mean, not the system, the setting. <laughs> um, I know there is a Dark Age setting and there are like, you know, Roman settings for it. Uh, however, I sometimes I just really like the system 
And so the setting can kind of, I can take or leave a setting because, I mean, to be honest, most times I like rolling my own stuff. Well, but, you know, I think outside of the, like, specific setting, like, I'm not talking Forgotten Realms, right? Okay. You know, I'm talking about fantasy or, you know, urban cyberpunk you know obviously yeah. the rule set for Shadowrun probably will not carry over well and uh, at least portions of it to certain to a non cyberpunky type environment that's true um you know so i mean i think you know world of darkness is a different type of illustration because you look at all the different games that they've based in that same world mm-hmm. and they all have pretty different flares to them and I think without those bases, it would probably, it could be more difficult to adapt it. Well, that's probably true. Well, well, no, not really. Cause the beautiful thing about the WOD system specifically is that it is straight. You could abstract out all the, like you could literally take this, the, the system itself abstract out and it's fine. Cause it's very straightforward. Like you could say, Brian, I need you to make a death of Dex athletics check. All right. Athletics can be anything and in any kind of setting, right? Be fantasy, cyberpunk, space. The beautiful thing about that system, it it literally is a D10 system that plus and plus and minus these two pieces. I mean, sorry, plus two things to do a check. I mean, you really could just take that system by itself and adapt it to any kind of setting. That's how good that that's how well designed that system is. But you, but let's take, like you said, Shadowrun, and let's try to adapt Shadowrun into uh, a space game. Well, actually, that would actually work too. Now I think about it. Crap. Hmm. And they did release supplements to bring it into a more like gritty, less fantasy. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think of it. Oh, like you could take the L5R system from AEG. And trying to adapt that system itself into different genres would probably not mesh as well. You'd you'd have to figure out how to combine it with things like into cyberpunk. It just wouldn't mesh, minus straight up street combat. So yeah, there are some systems that just don't that are not designed to work outside their setting. No, and it's like I think you know I know there is D twenty kind of urban urban and fantasy and like non-fantasy settings yeah it's got like d20 modern yeah if I remember correctly. but they're they're not nearly as common as like the d20 fantasy settings oh no no i mean well it's because i you know and, and is it, that i wonder if that's something in the system or is that more of the nostalgia of the players i was gonna say nostalgia of the players when when you talk to well at least sorry i shouldn't say i need to quit saying you but yes you, don't put words <laughs> in my mouth you <laughs> um the the thing is, is when I talk to a bunch of people, it seems when they think role playing games, mm-hmm. the immediate thing that comes to mind is D anD D. So you know, high fantasy or just fantasy in general. So I think a lot of the a lot of that stems from that. Is it is that that callback to when they first started playing RPG games, um, even for probably game designers as well, mm-hmm. but. It would be an interesting thing to like do a poll with like a ton of people and say, okay, when you look at when you look at RPGs, what do you think? Because even even like role playing games digitally, you had things like Dragon Quest, Adventure, Zelda. Those are all takes place in a fantasy setting. They're not really, you know, they're not really outside that theme and that 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 genre. Well, that subgenre inside role playing. Yeah. But I mean, that's I, I, I will say that's probably I think why I like certain systems more so not because they're based in a certain setting, but I like the ones that are. I can say if I don't like the setting, I could go base this somewhere else. Right. Why I do like WOD, why I do like. Um, well, you could do it with any, you know, D100 system or a D20 system. Um but mostly it's why I do like the WOD system so so much. It's because it can be adapted anywhere. It's also why like I like Savage Worlds. It can be adapted anywhere. So Right. I don't like being forced into a box, Brian. Don't put me in the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner? 
Exactly. But I mean, you know, uh, <laughs> now I have the movie playing in my head. <laughs> Dirty dancing, you son of a. Um, mm hmm. Mm hmm. No, uh, but I mean, think about it. I mean, like, what, what are your all time favorite systems when you when you really sit down? Oh, I mean, I think we've had this conversation before, you know, it's D20, uh, World of Darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, and why? Well, those are the ones I played the most. Right. But and that's why do probably you... more it than most anything else. But you've also you also do what I do is you'll scan over a system, read up on it and kind of get an idea of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you like, for example, I'm not a big fan of the True 20 system by Green Ronin. Great mm-hmm. supplements. Just I haven't not seen that one. It it it's a unique. It's I think it's called the Blue Rose. It was originally called the Blue Rose system, and it's a D20, and it's it's what they use for like mutants and masterminds and uh, Game of Thrones. But it's like a D20 and plus or minus certain directions, and you succeed or fail. Um, mm-hmm. And that's for damage and a whole bunch of other stuff. And it's good. It's just not my flavor. Um, and even when reading it and looking at the system, I can determine, well, I'm probably not going to enjoy the system. So I'm just going to disregard it. Um, but I also see that would be another system that if I really wanted to, I could run it because it's been adapted in so many places. Uh, Mutes of Masterminds, uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Dragon Age. Uh, I want to say Mass Effect, but I'm not too certain on that one. But yeah. But even if you, if it's the only systems you've played... Mm-hmm. I mean, do you think that's the only reason why you like those systems, though? Well, no, I mean, obviously I've played some systems I don't enjoy as much. But, you know, I mean, you know, I, I think D&D 2nd Ed and the trans- translation to 3rd Ed is probably a big indication of how strong of a factor that is. Because I can't tell you the number of people I knew that when 3rd Ed first came out, they were like, what do you mean there's no Thacko? <laughs> what do you mean? And we've had this conversation. We know yep. that goes shit. Hey, hey, I like second end just to put it out there. Uh, okay. That is a bad mechanic. There we it go. is confusing oh. for some. It is a non-intuitive. Do you know how to maths? I do. But <laughs> the fact that that is a like six letter, like acronym. <laughs> You know, just points out to you that it might not be the cleanest of sat of stats. <laughs> um, but uh, when Third Ed came by and they simplified, and cleaned it up, and made that system a lot more usable. Yeah, yeah. AC. Yeah, I mean, they really they, they that the, the number of people that wanted to hold on to Thacko with all of their being, I think, just shows you how how important that type of. Um, nostalgia is mm-hmm. so then is it so to go back to your original question so is it nostalgia for the system or is it nostalgia for the setting because you were talking about taking the setting away from the system well in that, in that, that case is. i think it, in that case obviously I'm, I'm talking about specifically a a mechanic point of view because the setting was the same right you know you had the forgotten realmish setting in second and well, third ed well, it wasn't just Forgotten Realms. You also had, you know, you had, uh, what was it? Well, uh, you didn't have nearly Greyhawk. Yet. You had Greyhawk. You did, that, had, did that make it into Third Ed? Uh, Greyhawk was the original setting for D&D. Yeah, but I don't think, but I'm trying to think which yeah, ones actually Greyhawk. got published for Third Ed. Uh, Third Ed also had Greyhawk. They had Greyhawk okay. Adventures. Yep. Because they didn't have Dark Sun. They didn't have Ravenloft, yep. uh, you know. And well, those, Ravenloft did get a conversion in 3.5. Did it? Okay. Yes. Just like there was the Temple of Elemental Evil in 3. Well, yeah, that was three. Uh, Ravenloft did get eventually a three, well, a three or three five. And then you also had, um, uh, oh, crap, it's on the tip of my tongue too. Eberron. Eberron was mm-hmm. also three five. So then, uh, again, I, I, I will pose a question to you. Do you, can you, ex- can you choose a system and leave the setting behind? Can you choose a system and leave the setting behind? Meaning, can you can you play that system and not care about the setting? 
Well, and I think, again, it depends on the setting and what source materials are available on it. Because, you know, so much of the, like for D&D again, you know, so much of the setting is wrapped up into certain parts of the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, Pacific, that, 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 that. Are um, we in the Pacific Ocean? Yes, it is very peaceful over here. Not really. Um, There's radiation. <laughs> yeah, well, that's because we did a starfish explosion. Um, Brian, where's that third arc coming from? But the the what I'm getting to though is that the items built into the game into the base rule book, like those are pretty important to how you play the game. So if you're trying to put it in a modern setting, you have to have supplements or write your own that replace all those base items, or you have to come up with a decent reason why everyone's running around with chainmail and a uh, and swords <laughs> in the 20th century or 21st century or whatever. Right. Um, that does not really hold up in many modern settings. Um, <laughs> not saying it's not cool, you know. Dresden would like to have a word with you. Yeah, show me the a good carpenter. Dres- the carpenters, you know, specifically. Yeah, show me a show me a good Dresden uh, RPG system. Um, uh, they have one. <laughs> is it good? <laughs> I like it. It's the evil oh. hat one. It's the fate system, but it's I oh, not the fate the fudge system, but I I still think it's good. <laughs> okay, well, you know, you have no taste. Um, <laughs> you've never played it, sir. No, you cannot, I haven't. I have not. Exactly. I, I'm, but you know, I think you get what I'm. Uh, I, get, I think you get what I'm saying, though. Yeah. No, it's the same opinion I have, which is mm-hmm. it's really hard for some systems to take the setting away from it and still have a, a system that you can use anywhere. I mean, it is tough, yeah. but it's yeah. doable. Mm-hmm. And like this guy in this Kickstarter is getting around it because he's having the item decks to support all of the um, all of the different variants. Yeah. And without that, I, th- I don't think you could really do it because either that or you have to say, well, Chainmail is roughly equivalent to Kevlar. Which yeah. obviously it's not, but yeah. <laughs> um, you have to have some sort of relationship like that. Yeah. Well, that, again, that's why I think Savage Worlds had, did a really good job on you know doing that same kind of uh, thing, except for the difference between Savage Worlds and the Simple System is Savage Worlds uses dice, Simple System uses cards. Anyway, it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm going to keep an eye on it. I'm going to wait for, you know, uh, for it to go live. And then I'm going to kind of, you know, see how it goes. Keep an eye on it. Keep in contact with, uh, meh, meh, meh. <laughs> ah, keep in contact with Keith and kind of, you know. Oh yeah. No, I'm, 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 I'm not trying to talk bad about what he's got going there. Oh no, no, yeah. I know you're not. Yeah. I'm just saying we're going to keep an eye on it. As well. Oh yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Um, I'd be very curious to find out why he chose to do card-based resolution instead of dice. Yeah, yeah, that, that'll be a question that I would like to ask as well. Mm-hmm. But what's cool is this Kickstarter is going to start on April 23rd and it's going to run until May 22nd. So if you want a simple system for your role-playing games, <clears throat> check them out. And we will provide a link to the Kickstarter page in the show notes. Mm-hmm. So I'll mm-hmm. toss back over to you, Brian, before I... I uh, go on a little bit of my tirades that I do every episode. Uh, now go go for the tirades. Mm. Wow, no resistance this time. Awesome. So you're probably going to shoot me for this, and so is our listeners, but I've been kind of addicted to something this past week, and I figure it's a good topic because I ended up catching myself playing a, uh, another game that I brought up earlier on my iPhone. And I kind of want to talk about digital gaming, um, not Again? in the sense, of, but no, not in the sense of, not in the sense of some of it. But uh, we haven't talked that much about actual digital gaming, like pure digital gaming. But I've been playing a lot of Hearthstone. I can't help it. Okay, it's on the iPad, and then oh, I found yeah. King, and then I found Kingsbury's on the iOS, and then I oh, is it? Yes. Is see, the, do they have, do they have multiplayer? Yes, and see, this is what happened to me, <laughs> and you and you didn't tell me. I was going to bring it up on the show. I, I like doing that. It's fun. <sighs> Listeners, I apologize. My co-host is a jerk. Well, no, your co-host found out today while he was sitting at dinner. <laughs> A.K.A. jerk. Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. a Tim. Um, but no, it's just I, I think it's fascinating that a lot more gaming companies are putting out the digital additions to their games. Like Catan went multiplayer, 
Yeah. You have Hearthstone. Well, okay, Hearthstone isn't a, a, a real card game in person, but you sure as heck could copy it. Um, oh, could you? You could. It's only just random elements. Death Rattle. Summon two, three, you know, three, two, two trans or. Um, yeah, I guess it would be pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah, mind control. <laughs> Take control of enemy minion. Summon sickness. Things like that. Uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, but yeah, you have things like Kingsburg's out on iOS and all this. I just find it fascinating that it, it, more people are doing that. And even like new Kickstarters are talking about going from, I mean, take a look at what we were talking about today at the coffee shop. Tiny Epic Kingdoms is now thinking about doing an iOS implementation of their game by the mm. end of the year. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it comes it comes to the, you know, our, our mm-hmm. topic of, you know, the original, the original Ten Commandments. And it kind of made me think is, well, not just the Ten Commandments, but that whole topic of going around and around and around is, you know, what part of this, you know, the whole point about board games and the reason I think they've kicked up in the past couple of months besides things like Tabletop. And, well, Tabletop did a great job uh, introducing people to new games, so like Ticket to Ride, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Or I now consider my new like this is how you infect people with board games is you give them Ticket to Ride. Um, is do we do more detrimental releasing these things? Like you do when you release a digital, a digital version, are you killing the most important part about board games, which is the social, the social activity? I don't know. I mean, I think we've came back and forth over this a couple of different times. And every time we come around to it, we always, we always come to, it's like, yeah, you may lose some of the tactile fun. You may lose it, but just like, um, just like, you know, eBooks compared to regular books, you know, there's a, there's a amount of, there's a certain amount of convenience and synergy that they bring. Um, and I don't think we're quite at the point where people are going to be taking the hobby game, pr- hobby gaming principles and creating something unique that could only be in those, those, uh, platforms like that just yet. We're getting there. Uh, you know, things like hex is, are, is trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, I, you know, it just got me thinking a lot today about like where, you know, you asked me a year ago from now, I'm like, Oh, it's cute. People are releasing iOS versions. Mm-hmm. You know, like Catan was still, you know, pass and play. And it was kind of like one of those things where I was like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. But in a year now, now I'm seeing, you know, like I said, Kingsburg now has a full multiplayer, which that's a that's a real big game of interaction. And I don't know, it, it made me it made me think about, you know, the social aspects of board games. Also, what I love about board games. And it, it, I went down this huge like thing about, well, you know, do I actually enjoy having the iOS version or the Android version of a game? And then I was like, well, I don't. But for two dollars how can i say no well i i think there's you know an undeniable synergistic effect i think in the future um we're gonna see that the majority of hobby games get translated uh to ios and android or whatever else and it's just gonna be the way the genre goes you know i know in our one of our first episodes we talked about how it could be destroying part of the experience but i think it also brings in new people it is a better teaching experience, you know, cause you can have a, a real tutorial type system where you, it's, it's hard to do that in a board game. Well, um, wait, you're saying that smashing the newbie down into fine, you know, into fine dust is not how we were supposed to do business. Um, I don't know. It depends on how much I'm getting paid. Brian, all I'm going to say Cole Baron, Cole Baron, Cole Baron, Cole Baron, <laughs> Cole Baron, <laughs> Stephen Cole Baron. No. Oh, Letterman. Mm, Colbert. <laughs> ice cream <laughs> yeah yeah the, uh, the american dream is not gonna be the same anymore is it it's not it's just not gonna be the same what do you think about that i mean he seems like i think he's gonna be a great choice but if he drops the character i don't know who he is yeah it's gonna be really weird uh i'm wondering if they're gonna allow him to keep his character well and if they I, don't i think he's came out and said he he won't be keeping the character oh see it's gonna it's gonna make me cry I, yeah i mean i, I love stephen colbert but i mm-hmm. don't know I don't know who the Stephen Colbert guy is. No, it'll be interesting to, it'll be interesting to, I mean, we don't have, it's not until what, 2015 is when he takes the official, the official step. I don't know. I just know that my Facebook page is going to be filled, filled with stuff for clips from him, just like it is now with Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. I, I will say Jimmy Fallon has done an amazing job mm-hmm. as new late night show talk show host. I think it's great. Yeah, no, Absolutely. I mean, he's done some great skits 
I mean, Kevin Bacon coming out and doing Footloose was amazing. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see when Stephen Colbert takes over. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, Jimmy Fallon's done actually um, a pretty good job, and I think we're pretty off topic at this point. We are, but it, it, I don't care. That was it, it, it. I think, I think pretty much everybody I know either watches Jimmy Fallon, Colbert, or Conan. So, yeah, eh. yeah, I mean, and that's fair. I mean, I, I think you know these guys have to some extent uh, defined the late night TV segment of, of this generation, them. And you, know, you probably toss John Stewart in there too, to some degree. Oh yeah. John Stewart, uh, yeah. Pete, Pete Holmes, who or Pete Holmes. He's a, he comes after, he comes on after Conan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done a lot of like, like video game geeky kind of YouTube things. Like uh, what was it? He did X-Men, the, 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 the red tape of X-Men, which is like pr- professor Xavier firing X-Men. Mm-hmm. Um, or what was his other one that he did recently that I love? Oh, uh, street, uh, declassified street fighter or something where he's, uh, talking, it's like HR and street fighter. So good. That's so good. That would ruin it. No, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I'll put, you know, I just, in the show notes, I'm going to link like one that's, you know, not going to get us flagged for explicit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually speaking of that, so of street fighter, just because, um, it's it, it. This actually goes into two different things. Uh, Cryptozoic is actually going to be releasing Street Fighter. They're using their uh, Gemini or whatever system. They're going to be releasing which Street is the Fighter one they use for the DC deck builder, right? Correct. Yeah, they're going to be releasing one for Street Fighter, which I think is going to be really weird, and I'm intrigued because in you know in DC your your heroes defeating villains. In Street Fighter, you're doing what exactly? <laughs> because Wait, aren't the members of the Street Fighter like organization like a like anti terrorist group kind of? Yeah, but you can play as Bison, who was the villain. So again, I'm going. Uh, is, are is, they going to try to take it and be more PvP? Maybe, maybe, maybe they are taking it down the route of because um, I mean, in DC you still buy villains and you can play a deck centered around having villains. You can, but the whole well, yeah, if you're using Wonder Woman, but. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that the, the but the whole point of the game is well a to you know have the most points, but the the objective for the table is to kill the villains, right? Mm-hmm. Sorry, not the villains, the arch enemies, the arch villains, oh, the arch villains, <laughs> the arch, um, the arch. But because of that, it's kind of like, what are you gonna do as Street Fighter? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I gonna do? Defeat Sagat like eight times? Do mm-hmm. I have to like? You know, kill Sagat. It's kill Sagat. Yeah. Yeah. Akuma. So, but it's interesting. It comes out, I think, uh, in April or May. Of course, we're going to buy a copy and play the crap out of it. Yeah. I mean, I, the the Gemini system as a whole, I, I like it as far as a deck building system goes. Well, you, the, I think the selling point for me was when you said I was able to teach my daughter mm-hmm. how to play. And I was like, that that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like, so we oh, got to brainwash them early. Yes. Well, it's not interesting. <laughs> um, I mean, speaking about RPGs and kids, you know, I, I got into this discussion with a with a loy. Um, was it probably a month ago now? Two months, and we we're and there was a Reddit post about you know what's the best system to get kids into role playing games, mm-hmm. and then there was an article uh, like a couple days later about you know the benefits of teaching your kids role playing games. Uh, and I ended up talking to Aloy about it because, you know, he helped uh, write Camp Myth, mm-hmm. which is a you, it's an interesting concept. The whole idea that, you know, your kids at camp and you earn merit badges by doing mystical things. And- yeah. And actually, uh, it's a book series, too, which uh, speaking of my daughter, she actually really likes the books themselves. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, she's read the first one. The second one, I think we're still waiting on being published. Oh, cool. Uh, or at least we were last time we looked for it. And she she was like, she, she was sad because it wasn't out yet. So uh, oh. I would recommend those books too. We should put them in the show notes. I will. I'll um, put them in there along yeah. with the RPG system. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to get, as I was talking to Aloy and we, we started sitting because Aloy has, Aloy has kids as well. And he's like, yeah, there's, there's, there's something you learn from teaching your kids how to role play. And, and this article does it too. I'll have to dig up the article at some point, mm-hmm. but it talks about how it helps, you know, it helps kids uh, learn math real easily because you're, you know, you're having to crunch numbers, maybe not a ton of numbers. Not like, you know, you're rolling 80 D six for the super laser, but even simple stuff like, you know, a D eight plus six, even it teaches basic arithmetic. 
Mm-hmm. And it also gets them, um, it depends on the GM, obviously. Uh, by the way, there's your asterisk, depends on your GM. But it also helps them start problem solving. Um, in the article, it also mentioned like it helped like the, the author help their kids get over their uh, their social anxiety. Like they were having an easier time interacting with people because they spent, you know, time interacting with adults in this fantasy world or other kids in the fantasy world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, 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 that my tongue just got tied. I think it's then, interesting. Then, then, then. <laughs> I think it's interesting because when I was a kid, I never thought about it like that. I never sat back and went, you know, this is making it easier for me to be a leader in a group. This made it easier for me to, um, approach people on the playground and say, Hey, do you want to play on the, you know, the monkey bars? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's when you were talking about brainwashing, I don't consider it brainwashing. I know you're joking, but it, it I think there's a lot of <laughs> well, only, only partly. I mean, you partly. know, I mean, there's in, in re in like a very probably technical sense, it is brainwashing, but it's just, you know, the things that you expose your kids to at early age, they're kind of like, mm-hmm. so anyway. Yeah. But I think it's, it role-playing games themselves lend a, lend a very, a very, unique skill set to people who especially kids if they start playing them <laughs> again it all depends on gm but yeah GM. i mean gm you know game master come on now yes there can only be one of those um but i mean i mean what are your thoughts i mean like if you were to sit down and teach your daughter to play let's say camp myth mm-hmm or, you know, World of Darkness, but without, you know, World of Darkness. <laughs> I don't think that works. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. Like, what, I mean, what, what benefits would you see coming out of it? I don't know. I mean, I, I, the way I play these games, I, I don't like RPGs themselves. I don't know if I could really play them with my kid. You know, and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know about that. Well, let's say you had to run it for a group of like, like at a slumber party or something. You had to run a a, a camp myth scenario. I, I don't know. know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. Next question. Fine. I'm gonna take a pass on that one. I mean, I think that that would be something much better to ask. You know, somebody like Eloy who has well, done it. Um, I've thought about trying to do stuff like that with my kid, mm-hmm. and partially, you know, there's not a group of kids that she knows that would be geeky enough to get into it. I don't think. Gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, and if it was just me and her, it'd probably be kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. But that's That's, most like, that's most like two player DM and player games. They're kind of strange. I am writing you a novel and you are my actor. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Now act. (laughs) Yes. Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Well, I remember, I just remember when I, when I was, when I was uh, 13, no, 14, um, I joined the LRPG for the first time. It was interesting to play with people my own age for the first time. And it was a, it was a rewarding experience at the same time. It taught me a lot about what is mature and what is not. And what I mean by that, I'm not talking about topics, but like sitting around a group and you're trying to solve a puzzle in this dungeon and people would throw out, you know, immature comments or, you know, oh, I'm just going to go up and stab the guy. Um, those kind of things. That I was able to see that that, that was not okay because not, not that it wasn't okay, but what's the best way to word it? But um, I have no idea. <laughs> thanks, Brian. Hey, I'm here to help, man. Yeah. You're supposed to be my co-host. You're supposed to help me finish my sentences. Um, Bob. <laughs> thanks. You're welcome. Okay, Bob, get, help me finish the sentence. I'll help Bob. I'll help Bob. No, but it taught me, you know, there was a there was a right way to approach situations and not just go into like a chaos in a sense. Mm, yeah, I don't know. See, I guess my experience being exposed to RPGs and everything else as a kid was very much a solo experience. I got into, you know, Final Fantasy and Dragon Warrior and stuff like that as a as a very young child and and then when I and then when I was in seventh grade, I, I got my hands on my first D and D second ed set, and uh, but I, I unfortunately didn't have anyone to play with at the time, so I basically got all the books and I read them all, and I read them all, and um, and then I think did I read you, them all. Did you happen to um, 
It's where you flip pages. Um, yeah, it's called did you read reading. Them? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, I, I, I readed them as as I would have said. Readed. Yes, I readed them. Um, yeah. But you know, so and I really enjoyed it. But I, it wasn't until I was in college that I really got a study group going. Right. Um, yeah. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah, and so I mean, and that was kind of my discovery of RPGs and or, you know uh, going from computer. To, or, well, not computer at the time, but although I guess I d- did actually play like the old, um, the Lots. old D and D Forgotten Realms, you know, the static two D games. Did you ever play Neverwinter on AOL? Oh, oh I did play some of that, but I also played like the oh, ones where it's like you know for DRM, it's like go find the instruction oh, manual yep, and give yep. me the seventh page or seventh mm-hmm. word on page sixty two. Yep. <laughs> And, oh, I remember uh, that too. Yeah, and uh, they were uh, they they were really fun games. They were hard. I don't know if I ever beat any of them. <laughs> My favorite one of those early ar- computer RPGs though was mm-hmm. the Dark Sun video game. I never got to play that. I always wanted to, but oh, I man, never was, got my hands on it. It was so great. It. You start off as a slave and doing a you know gladiatorial combat in an arena, and right. you ended up like running off in the desert to join a, a, a like a resistance fighting force kind of thing. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And it was, uh, you know, so like you start off in there and you have to, you have to get with the rest of the people in your party and have like four or five characters in your group and you have to mm. escape the arena. And that's mm. like the first part of it. Um, sounds awesome. It, it was, it was pretty cool. I wonder if it's going good old games. Oh no. Like my, my, my favorite old school. Well, it wasn't old school, but I played the crap out of Baldur's Gate and Baldur's Gate 2. Those were my two. Yeah. But those were, those were a lot later. Yeah, a I know, lot I, later than the one I'm talking about. What you're not seeing is I'm tapping the uh, the arm vein. <laughs> I, know, I hear I hear you doing something over there, and I hear slapping. I'm not not sure it sounds appropriate. <laughs> or, um, yeah, but no, I mean, yeah. so so then let me ask this question: When you went to college mm-hmm. and you started RPGing, did you did you see that same thing where where you know you see that that social interaction and see the change, or did that not really happen to you? What do you mean? Like how I was saying, how I realized that, you know, how to be a leader in a group, how to how to solve problems as a group instead of just, you know, mm. just oh, I'm going to do my own thing. And if you guys don't follow me, then so you know, in, there's the in, door. In, in the first group, I didn't really see. I mean, I, I saw some of that stuff. I mean, I tried to always play like the guy that came up with creative solutions to problems mm-hmm. uh, where the uh, where, you know, but the group I came into was very well established. Mm. And um, ooh, I found this dark sun, dark sun shattered lands. I mean, oh, so it's it. actually on, on good old games. No, it's not. But uh, I, I found the Wikipedia page for it. Ah, uh, yes, old SSI uh, <laughs> release date nineteen ninety three. Wow, it came yeah, on floppy no, disks. I never got to have that. You yeah. should find a copy and try to get it to run. I doubt it will, but you should try. Uh, uh see, MS DOS on floppy disk. Yeah, ain't gonna happen. Ooh, it had a sequel? I didn't know it had Ain't a sequel. Gonna happen. Wait, what? It had an MMO? In 96? Those weren't MMOs. But it's also on CD-ROM, so I guess maybe it will. Yeah, maybe. Um. Anyway, but uh, no, great setting. And uh, I love the, the, the Prism book series they came up with, too. Hmm. Anyway, um... You know, so the the group I was came into was very well established. They had played dozens and dozens of sessions with each other, and you know, so I was I was kind of the new interloper, um, and I had a lot of fun with that group. And I, you know, it was my first experience doing like actual D and D campaigning stuff. I probably right. burned through half a dozen characters, um, <laughs> one of which got turned into stone by a beholder, and they hated the accent that I used so much they locked it in a closet. And um and, and with a with, with a with a jacket over his head and it's like hey I got a new coat rack I don't know what happened to that cleric guy <laughs> all because of an annoying accent yes I, I every time he every time because he was a cleric and every time he would cast a spell I would pray in a horrible overdone like Cockney accent and um it, it, I can't even do it anymore I somehow lost it some point after that but it was uh it was bad it was bad yeah it was fun though. Uh, so. um, there, there was two of the people in the group who every time, every time the character would talk like that, he they they would just go, they, they would just face palm for about five seconds while he was talking, and you know it was all in good fun, but yeah, you know, so I rolled a new character after that. Um, 
Did you ever put a coat on the coat rack? Uh, yes. Yes, I did. Okay. okay. Yeah. No, um, okay. <laughs> I mean, there was no hard feelings involved. It was yeah. funny. Um, but it was the second group I was in that I, I was able to take more of a dominant role. It was a, it was a younger group that hadn't been together as longer. And that was the group I played world of darkness with. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was, uh, that was, that was a lot of fun, but it was, uh, I guess there was some of that, but you know, I also had a lot of that though, playing muds back in the day. Mm-hmm. I played, uh, the terrace mud on AOL for years. Absolutely loved that. And, you know, and I was, uh, one of the leaders and one of, in the, in the guild there for a while. And, so, you know, you do get that kind of developmental growth from these multiplayer games, I think, whether they're pen and paper or a bunch of text flying across the screen. I agree. I just find it fascinating that it teaches you so much. And I remember back in well, middle school and high school, you made fun of for it. Mm-hmm. And I just... And the fact that, you know, it just brushed off me because like, well, pff, I'm a little 15 wizard. Meh. Yes, like, yes. Like, you like, still oh. haven't left that maturity level behind. I know, but that's okay. Because okay. I'm still a level 15 wizard. So, meh. To cast magic missile. Um, <laughs> oh, fireball, man. <laughs> well, no, love, ma- no, no. Yeah, magic missile. I, you get no save with that. So yeah, but I'm, well, it depends on how many mobs you're fighting, really. Because you uh, know, if you're if it's a room full, throw that fireball. Fireball. Yeah, even if they only take half damage, it's worth it. Yeah, because <laughs> at, at level fifteen, you're rolling how many die? You know, like six or seven, yeah, maybe. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah, and that doesn't mean if you're not using quicken or empower or you know mm-hmm. any number of um, other munchkiny things. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> but no i just it's just something random that i thought i was it, 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 like i said it started with hearthstone and then it kind of went down this rabbit hole yeah I, I, apologize, <laughs> I apologize to people who don't like meandering conversations because uh this is not your episode yes actually surprisingly that's that's actually what brian and i tend to do when we discuss hobby games actually we tend to rabbit hole for like 20 30 40 Two hours, forty-two hours. That's right. <laughs> well, I mean, come on, two hours. Come on. I mean, last time that we were, the last time we were sitting around discussing, you know, our our good old days, our war stories, if you will, we ended up talking about. <laughs> we ended up talking about war stories. We jumped down the rabbit hole of, you know, dice, and then we came back out of the rabbit hole to talk mm-hmm. about a war story, which led to us actually discussing board games that shared a similar setting with something we've already played to come back to war stories. And, and then we had, a, and then we had coffee. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we're sorry, listeners. This one, this, like I said, today was like a hodgepodge. Cause yeah, I no, just, but you know, I enjoy these kind of conversations too. So at the same time, if you don't, if you don't enjoy these on occasion, um, we're going to have these occasionally. Like, yeah, I hate, to, episode, I hate to lose but. you as a listener, but um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not every episode we're going to do this, but there, no, no, there. Every, every third one, um, every, every, every three out of five, three um, out of five, six out of seven, <laughs> um, nine out of 18. No, that's, that's not nearly enough, oh, okay. but yeah. So I, I don't know. You do learn life skills in games. I don't know if they're always the life skills you need to learn. Um, I don't know if you don't learn a certain amount of, uh, bias in them, you know, because let's face it, games are always slanted most of the time to, you know, trying to be the heroic figure kind of thing. And that's not always um, what you should do. No, I'm just saying it's not always realistic. Yeah. You know, it's and those, you know, it's kind of like the the impression of love that um, that, you know, romantic comedies give. Oh, yes. Yeah, they make a great story and they make a, a good interaction, but they're not they don't really carry over to real life. Are you saying that I'm saying, I will I'm not, saying doing a grand gesture and standing out there, there with your damn boom box oh, will you not wind over say. the chick. <laughs> yeah. Darn you. <laughs> so, yeah. so you're telling me sitting in, standing in the rain with a boom box isn't going to win the love of my life? No, it will, however, ruin a perfectly good boom box. And, you know, you shouldn't do that to a boom box. 
Uh, yeah. I don't even know if some of our listeners know what a boombox actually is outside the Lonely Island song. Um, it's okay. Don't worry about it. We will link a picture. Yes, yes. This is a relic of the 80s. Um, <laughs> actually, there's someone that made like a boombox where you plug in your iPad, your, not your iPad, your iPhone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know they, there's still things. And I, yeah. I know if I was at Lowe's the other day because I have mm-hmm. to do home repair. Yes, I remember. Uh, yes, my, I remember you mentioning this. Yes, my I, my back door is rotting away. Uh, every Ooh, time I open it, there's a nice little puddle of uh, wood chips on the floor. In oh, my yeah, so it's uh, it's bad. It's time to get a deck, dude. So uh, time, time I, to go epic deck. I, uh, I I quoted out the material cost. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do, but they do not do installation on that, so I would have to. Uh, install it myself or pay a third party contractor to come out and install it. All right. Here's what we do. We get two pizzas. I think we're going to need a little bit more than two. Uh, I did a measurement on what the deck would be. Mm-hmm. It's like 19 and a half feet by about 23. No, hold on. Hold on. Two pizzas, a couple six packs. We're only going to lay like a, a 19th of it at a time, but we'll get it done. <laughs> I want to have it before the summer's over. If I'm going to do this. Oh, well, yeah, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Um, anyway, back to your stories. What was I talking about? You were going to Lowe's. Oh, yeah, no, I was just saying, at Lowe's, they, they actually had, like, a construction boombox that was, like, this really ruggedized thing and whatnot. So they are still things, I think. Yeah. Anyway, back to what we were saying is, yeah, it, it, rom-coms, yeah, they, they do give a false sense of love, but... Yeah, okay, I'll I'll give you that. Sometimes, you know, some of the skills you learn, like being a munchkin a-hole, is uh, probably not a life skill you want to have. No, I mean, being able to do that type of analysis and that min-maxing is not a bad skill to have. But if you don't have the social graces to match with doing it in a (laughs) non-offensive fashion, um, eh, maybe not so useful. Probably not a good idea. Maybe not. (laughs) Might be a bad idea. It, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. You may get punched in the face occasionally. You you might go home with a bloody nose, a black eye, um, crushed testicles. I don't know. Something. Something bad's gonna happen. Something bad gonna happen. Actually, uh, you're gonna alienate your friends. There you go. Yeah, uh, uh, and that's really what I think it boils down to. You're, you're breaking the golden rule. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I, I I guess that would just be the 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 thing. I mean, I actually remember using this argument though. So mm-hmm. when I was playing Terrace, you know, I was in like middle school and high school mm-hmm. and this was a, a mud on AOL and it used to be free to all AOL players. You know, there was a couple thousand people playing at any given time. And then they went as a premium service. So you would have to pay like 10 pounds a month. And at that time it was about 15 to $17 a month. Right. You know, much more expensive uh, than, you know, the original MMOs cost at the mm-hmm. time. Yep. And, um, I actually used the life skill argument with my mother to convince her to pay for my, uh, for my month subscription. Oh, that's great, man. <laughs> I actually did it. You know, it's like, you know, I learned about commerce and I can, because I'm, I'm buying and selling armor and, you know, all this stuff. Man, I cannot wait to talk to your mom. <laughs> <laughs> These are the life skills yes. he learned from playing. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, but, screw you, man. Um, <laughs> well, no, I mean, when I was a kid, you know, um, you know, because I couldn't afford D and D books, my mom bought me some of them. Yeah, um, but I, 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 I won't lie. I, I use the same kind of thing. I was like, it's helping my creativity. Hmm. Yeah, it's like, like, no, really? I don't I don't need the pencil set. I don't need the paints. Just give me the Dungeon Master guide. <laughs> yeah, it's actually cut out that way. <laughs> it was more like, um, so they released this supplement about wizards and it's really helping my creativity. You see, it's called the Wizard's Handbook. <laughs> Ultimate uh, Magic 15. <laughs> monk Monk Supplement 12. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. So I guess we're kind of beating that topic to dead at this point. We're not beating a dead horse. Come on now. No. Yeah. You know, I got it. Now I can't stop thinking of that song. <laughs> Which one? Uh, the, the Dark Horse parody. <laughs> oh, God. Rocking horse. That's for kids. <laughs> Talking horse. That's Mr. Ed. Wilbur. <laughs> I don't, don't know if we should link to that in the show. <laughs> well, I guess we can. Yeah, it's fine. we can. There's nothing. There's nothing explicit. In there, yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's just an interesting thing, like how mm-hmm. much how much social well, interactions in gaming and how how mm. it in turn shapes us. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I, I I think that if you have the type of kid who can get into role playing games and board games, do encourage it. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it is a good interaction point. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of kids are somehow turning into Twitch and YouTube uh, fanatics at this point in life. Or just, you know, sucked into iPhone. Oh, God. I, one, of, one of my friends on Facebook mm-hmm. posted this great thing where he said um, his daughter was playing mm-hmm. Littlest Pet Shop. Mm-hmm. Had 46 dogs. Mm-hmm. They all had bling and nice houses. Mm-hmm. It only cost him $1,200. Oh, God. <laughs> he said the ironic thing was is that uh, she spent their rent money to house her dogs. Wow. Yeah. Luckily, yeah. Apple uh, came in and did a refund. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty messed up. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that, I think that's another whole other topic is – you know, this, that's the, the downside of digital that I see is that kids and even adults, I mean, adults are notorious for this. I mean, I will, I will be the first to admit that I, you know, if I'm sucked into a game on my phone, like Ascension Mm -hmm. or all those little $5 expansions and $3 for the rat King promo cards, you know, yeah, you're going to spend it. And, uh, and it gets even worse with the games actually have like in-game currency and the expendable things. And if you're not careful, you can drop some serious cash on that. And you're like, Oh, uh, that was my card note this month. Hmm. (laughs) My bad. Um, What I was more referring to besides the spending of money, I was more referring to that when in this age where you have the, you know, these tools, because that's really what they are, but for us toys. But anyway, I must digress. Mm-hmm. The and have weird hiccups. Yes. Um, yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is Tim with hiccups. <laughs> you should all try to tweet at him and scare him when you listen to this. Oh, please don't do that. <laughs> it might help them finally fade. Yeah. Um, See, he needs your help. Anyway. <laughs> See, he's still making noises. I don't know what's going on. Uh, what, what, I, what happened to the show? <laughs> in a way. Um, but no, I think that because of that and the, the age of it where you're, you know, you have the iOS games and, you, you know, you hand kids iOS devices or, I mean, even Game Boys nowadays with, you know, internet on them and everything else under the sun. Mm. I think you you were you're doing sometimes i feel it's like a detriment to their social interaction because i've seen plenty of times when i've gone out to eat like tonight for example i was out to eat before the show and uh, there's this table beside me a family and everybody mom dad and the two kids face down in their phones and i think that's where i think some of the the social side of the digital age is is a huge detriment i know we we've already discussed it it's just Getting, seeing it firsthand again makes me go, it's like, I'm going to put my phone away minus texting my co-host. I'm put my phone away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, that's not a conversation I want to get into right now. Yeah. 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 I agree. That's what I'm saying. There's, there's so much there that I just want to get into it, but I'm just stating is that yes, all gaming is, well, not all game, but a lot of gaming is good for a lot of social life lessons. But I think, in especially in this age, there's a huge drawback to some of it now, mm-hmm. compared to when we were kids. More so, I did not spend a lot of time on EverQuest. I promise. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, it's for my creativity. Creativity. <laughs> All right, were you up till one in the morning, o'clock in the morning, rating again? No. Yes. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, like I said, listener, sorry for a hodgepodge episode. It's just uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, let's don't apologize for it. Yeah, no, I'm no, not going no. To. Let's uh, we will do this unashamedly, and um, <laughs> we will wear our shame with pride more or less. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's it's a it's a new way of us doing business, and business is good. Sure, why not? Sure, I, I'm going with that. Okay. Hey, if we're gonna be, hey, if we're going unashamed, man, we got we got. Yeah, flaunt it. Yeah, yeah. Gotta flaunt it. Yeah, yeah. 
or as uh, they're one of my favorite skits, it was like uh, Batman and this clown and he thought this clown was Joker. And so he's interrogating Joker and they go, that's not the Joker as well. You know, I was already in it, so I have to commit. <laughs> I got to just commit all the way through. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Business is good. But no. I guess it's time and, to wrap it up, bro. It is. It is time because. Mm-hmm. Ah, because we could end up doing this for about two hours and that's probably not a good thing. Yeah, at this point, I think we're getting to the rambling stage. Let's uh, let's close out the show. And then if we want to keep talking, we can. Yeah, sure. Anyway, well, you guys, this is it. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, you can find our show notes at epicturn.com for forward slash episodes forward slash 24. The case of the hiccups. Uh, you can always follow us at Epic Turn. Show title. <laughs> at Epic Turn, or you can follow Brian at Kelton or me at Telsham. And as always, please remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. We really appreciate it. We love reading comments and we love interacting. And until next time, have some epic turns. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I really hope they they do tweet at you like when the episode finally airs and, and you know uh, I think that would be pretty fun. Shut up. <laughs> Dude, I had to I had to hold my mouth shut for like pretty much all of them. <laughs> oh, God, that hurts so much. Ooh. Did it actually did it hurt so good? No. After a while, I just like kind of like went completely off track because I started thinking something like it was. Oh, what was I thinking about crap? Hmm.